Hey everybody, Daniel here, and welcome to the Lucky Go Variety Show edition, lucky edition, number 13. If you're one of those that have been listening to us for a long time, one of our, uh, one of our fans out there and family, uh, and you've been enjoying the show, we would love to ask you for one more thing, and that's to help us to continue to grow the show by recommending it to others, uh, by subscribing, and by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or anywhere else that you're listening to the Happy Go Lucky podcast. We really appreciate that you're returning and listening, and we hope you enjoy what we are building each week. And uh, hope you know that we're doing this all for you and trying to continue to improve the show every single week. Over the last couple of weeks, we've been remastering and compiling the story within a story segments into chapters of our audio drama that we call The Resonance. This week will be the third compilation, and we'll bring the story all the way up to date for the big story segment we're going to release in the midway points in the show this coming Monday, which is our courtroom scene. Super excited about the courtroom scene. Um, one of the podcasters actually that's playing the judge is a lawyer and gave us phenomenal insight on how to make that um, scene really uh, well, really play out like an actual courtroom scene. We dug into historical documents and, and actually picked up um, some of the real courtroom transcripts from the, the 1800s uh, when this story is taking place. So it, it's really cool. We've got, I think it's three or four different voice actors in that one uh, and a lot of different sound effects and cuts. And it's uh, one of the best things I think we've put out to or one of the best things we've uh, published to date, maybe, I don't know. But it is a really, really cool scene. It's kind of a uh, the crescendo uh, point thus far of this story. Uh, but building up to that, you kind of need to hear these story points. And these, in this particular episode, are the first ones that started to feature performances from some of our tremendously talented podcasting friends. Uh, and so I think you'll really enjoy these as well. The voice acting in, in these are, are fantastic. I think you'll hear one, maybe one more from me on here. But um, anyway, specifically, you're going to hear the voice acting of Anonymous from the Innominate podcast playing the role of Audrey Linden, who's the Pinkerton agent and grandmother of Catherine's character, Angela Linden. You'll also hear the wonderful voices of Ellen and Christian Weatherford, the delightful educational duo behind the very family-friendly Just the Zoo of Us podcast, they're playing the parts of Jack and Marianne Keough, the parents of Josh's character, Joey Keough. Finally, you will hear the indomitable voice of Mike Atchley from Dice Tower Theater playing the role of Frank Goen. He's the big bad pulling the strings behind the scenes, and he will be voice acting alongside Jessica Ann from the Last Monday podcast, who's playing a mysterious character that we have yet to reveal. We want to thank all of these good friends for helping to bring our story to life and recommend you go find them on Twitter, say thanks on our behalf, uh, or find them on Instagram. They're all on there too. Check out their shows as well. So without further ado, this is The Resonance, Centralia, Chapter 3.
Bonn, West Africa. The Oklo Mine. Steam drifted up from crevices along the rocky exterior of the Oklo Mine. The mine had been operational for only a handful of years, but its secrets were about to be uncovered, which is why the trio of scientists were preparing to enter the mine to observe and report on the unusual activity within. This was a uranium mine, claimed and now mined by France with a small minority stake shared with the state of Gabon. But this was no ordinary mine. Its energy output was unmistakable. The result of what this trio of scientists was here to confirm, a naturally occurring nuclear reactor. Though recently theorized to be possible, this was the first and only known natural nuclear reactor of its kind. One of the scientists, observing the trepidation of his companions, drew the group to a pause outside the entrance, their radiation reflecting suits stiff and alien against the West African landscape. Nodding their ascent, the strangely clothed trio walked into the mine and out of sight within the shadows of its primary opening. At a safe distance away, shrouded within a dense stand of withered trees and shrubs, a lone figure in a hooded cloak watched, lifting a hand to observe an oddly shaped handheld device, then a click, and they too were gone. Audrey Linden, Memoir, March 3rd, 1874. For the past year, living among the miners and their families in Centralia, Pennsylvania, I have learned very little about the supposed conspiracy I was hired to uncover. Perhaps more time is necessary, but I feel that I have gained the trust of the community and even found them to be hardworking and diligent. Agent McParland is convinced otherwise. His activities have become increasingly erratic, and I am beginning to suspect that he may in fact be orchestrating events rather than reporting on them. I am writing this information as a private memo rather than reporting to my superiors, as I am uncertain who to trust. March 28th, 1874 it appears to have begun. A mining supervisor was badly injured today. The talk is all over town that a new group has risen called the Molly Maguires. Before this event, there was no word of such a group. It seems more than a little surprising that such a group would organize overnight. It is possible that they are outsiders brought into the community, but Few, if any, new families or individuals have moved into the area. In another note, there is discussion of strange activities taking place in the nearby woods. People have been seeing and hearing things, and an odd object, some kind of metal device was discovered that cannot have been manufactured by any local craftsman. 
I have not been able to see it myself. Perhaps it is nothing. June 12, 1874. More violence, more injuries, as tensions between the mine barons and miners escalate. Some of the local men have now joined the activities of the Mollies, as they are called. What began as an external group has now recruited a core group of local men. I cannot penetrate their small circle, but McParland is deeply engaged. I believe he may be leading the group, but have no evidence and no one to turn to. I continue to send my observations back to the Pinkerton headquarters in New York, but they seem disinterested in my activities. More agents have been sent to support McParland's efforts, and I have discovered that the funding for this project has come from a man named Gowan. There are now more reports of people meeting strangers in and around the forest. I believe money and other strange objects are being exchanged for odd chores, like digging ditches in certain areas or collecting waste material from the mine scrap. Perhaps I should leave this inquiry alone, but I feel there is something important going on. July 1st, 1874 there are strangers in the woods. I saw one last week, cloaked in very odd clothing. I attempted to follow them, but their footprints literally disappeared. There was a strange smell in the air, like something metallic had been burning. I have begun to set small traps and telltales along the paths, and am determined to discover more of this activity, which I believe is somehow tied to the rising violence, and to this group calling themselves the Mollies. I fear for the families of this small town. Violence and hatred are descending like a hammer on an anvil, and the innocents are in grave danger. Arrangements have been made for my children. I fear that if anything were to happen to me, they may be at risk, so I have sent them back to New York. This is no longer a safe place for children. This is no longer a safe place for me, I fear. But I must remain to uncover this mystery. you are suggesting to me. You say your people can infiltrate the Working Men's Benevolent Association in Schoolkill, near Centralia. You'd also have me installed as the District Attorney. Your people can then... identify the leaders of the labor movement there, and can plant evidence against them. This seems... too good to be true. As District Attorney, I could bring them all to trial. Use the system to wipe them out all at the same time. It's a brilliant plan. The only catch I see is this. How do you set me up as the district attorney? 
You leave that to me. Well, that isn't good enough. I need to know how this is going to happen. You want to be paid? I want information. You wouldn't believe me if I told you. Try me. Are you a man of science, Mr. Gowan? I own all the mines in the territory. I know the business of mines and the science of mines. Don't tell me you have some way to turn all this coal into gold. <laughs> of course not. What I have is the ability to change people's memories. You will be the district attorney because we'll work up the correct papers and everyone will simply remember that you are the district attorney. That sounds idiotic. Does it? Tell me, what is my name? Well, it's Pinkerton. Of course. You wrote my name on your calendar when you set the appointment. Do you remember? I'm not an idiot. Of course I remember. Why don't you look at it now? What is this? Is this some kind of... Is this some kind of hypnotism? <laughs> Nothing so blunt as that. We're entering a new age, Mr. Gowan. An age where science will change everything. Now, let's just stick with the Pinkerton story. That will do very nicely. So I'm to hire Pinkerton services then? No, you are to hire me. And I will take care of the rest. Oh, one last thing. You have an unopened envelope on your desk, I believe. What are these? I... I know this seal. How the devil... Who are you? That, Mr. Gowan, doesn't matter. What matters now is what you do with the opportunity you have just been given. <sighs> oh. I also have one last thing. Yes? This fellow... Kehoe. Jack Kehoe. I have a bone to pick with him. Do you think you can... work something special for him? I'll see what I can do. Then let's get to it. I have work to do. The Honorable Frank Gowan. I like the sound of that. Very much indeed. John, this isn't right. This isn't fair. You've had nothing to do with this, with these mollies. It's a charade and you know it. They won't stop, Mary. They won't stop. How many more families, how many more children must suffer? So it's us then? We must suffer? You are stronger than the others. We can do this. We can do this together. But that's just it. We aren't doing this together. You're doing this. What about Mary Ann, Ellen, Bridget, Margaret, what about Joey? Joey will step up. You'll see. He's strong. 
You're all strong. And it can only be us. If I go to them, if I give myself up and take whatever label they decide to give me. But how can they think this? How can so many of them believe this? You've had nothing to do with these attacks. You were here at home. I know. I know. We both know. But they are convinced. And they will not stop. You know that, Mary. They will not stop. Promise me. Promise me this. All of the children. You'll look after all of them. And after I'm gone, there will be 43 and no fathers. I can't. You must. You must, Mary. Or all is lost. Go Variety Show. This is the midweek show for our flagship story podcast, The Happy Go Lucky Podcast, which releases a new story episode each Monday. The Happy Go Lucky Podcast is a proud member of the new and upcoming Podicon Go Podcasting Network, a podcast network dedicated to creating and publishing family friendly content. Learn more online at happygolucky.com. Lucky is spelled L U K K Y. Thanks for listening. We'll see you right back here for our next story episode this coming Monday.